everybody, and welcome back to the Mythology Central podcast. We are talking Greek mythology today with one of the biggest tales in all of the myths, that of Eros and Psyche. This has been requested by popular demand, and I'm very excited to get into it. So without any ado, let us begin the legend. Eros was the son of Aphrodite, the goddess of love and he was the personification of intense love and desire. He is probably best well known as Cupid, which is his Roman name, and he is often depicted as shooting arrows at people to make them fall in love. Once upon a time, there was a king who had three wonderful daughters, the youngest of which was named Psyche. She was much more beautiful than either of her sisters, and the fame of her beauty had spread throughout the kingdoms. Thanks to this, Men were continually coming to her palace to admire her. But eventually, everything began to fall apart. People began to say that she was even more beautiful than Aphrodite. Because she was living on Earth, and not in Olympus, people even began to get to know Psyche, closer than they ever got to know Aphrodite. Her temples were abandoned, her altars covered in cool ash, and sculptors stopped making art of the goddess, choosing to sculpt Psyche instead. Now, no god would like this, but believe it or not, Aphrodite had a bit of an ego, and a bit of a jealousy issue. After all, she did kinda cause the Trojan War. Anyways, Aphrodite went on to her son, and asked him to make Psyche fall in love with the vilest, most despicable creature on earth. Eros originally agreed to this deal with his mother, but as soon as he laid eyes on Psyche, he felt one of his own arrows pierce his heart. He knew that he could not do what his mother had asked, but decided not to tell her. Now, Psyche was not happy with her life. Sure, she was beautiful, but people seemed happy just to admire her, and eventually they would pass on and get married afterwards. Although both of her sisters were less beautiful than Psyche, they both went on to hold lavish weddings and marry kings. Psyche might have been the most beautiful girl on earth, but she was also sad and lonely. At this, her parents were very distressed, and to try and help his daughter, her father went to the Oracle of Delphi and asked Apollo for advice on how to help Psyche find a husband. The Oracle responded by telling her father that Psyche, dressed in a black dress, should be brought to the summit of a mountain and stay there alone. The husband that was assigned to her, a winged serpent, terrible and more powerful than the gods themselves, will come up and take her for his wife. At this, the friends and family of Psyche were distraught. However, they knew that they could not go against the prophecy of Apollo. Psyche was determined to face the hill as if she was facing her death, and with her family, she walked to the top of the hill. Finally, her family departed, leaving her to her fate, as beautiful as ever, distraught as ever. Psyche sat down at the top of the hill, waiting for what was coming. As she sat, shaking and crying, the fresh winds of Zephyr reached her and put her to sleep, eventually lifting her off the ground, into the air, over the hill, and into the far-off distance. Psyche woke up to the sound of running water, opening her eyes to see a magnificent castle, 
It was made with columns of pure gold, silver walls, and marble floors. She approached the threshold, but as she reached to knock on the huge doors, she heard a voice echoing, saying, The house is for you. Come in and do not be afraid. Take a bath, and we will immediately honor you with a great dinner. Now, as you do when a host talks to you, Psyche followed the instructions, and she had never had such a great dinner or a refreshing bath. However, she was alone all day, with the house full of invisible voices and wondrous music. At night, all was different. Somehow, she knew her husband came at night, and so it was. When she felt he was close to her and heard his voice whispering sweetly in her ear, her fears disappeared. Without even seeing him, she was certain that he was not a monster, but the loving husband she had always been wishing for. The following days passed in full joy, and Psyche could not remember any happier time of her life. However, day after day she was feeling sadness that she could not see her husband. Moreover, she was left alone all day, and boredom filled her heart. Suddenly, she started missing her family. They must have been mourning for her, and she was happy, not to mention alive. This was not fair, and she didn't want her family to suffer. That night, she asked her mysterious husband to grant her a favor. She wanted her two sisters to come up to the palace and make sure that she was fine. That would be a comfort for her old parents. At first, her husband refused, but when Psyche turned out to be very, very sad, he told her okay. I will allow your sisters to come up here. But I am warning you, do not let them influence you. If they do, you will destroy our relationship and bring suffering upon our family. The next day, her two sisters, carried by the wind, came up to Psyche. They were all happy to see each other and cried in joy. However, when they entered the palace, the two older sisters were amazed by all the magnificent treasures. During dinner, they heard a wonderful music and drank the most delicious of wine. Envy was flourishing in their hearts, and an irresistible curiosity to know the owner of such magnificence, the husband of their sister. They just kept asking the poor girl questions on her husband, his look, and his occupation. Psyche just said that he was a young hunter. Naturally, her sisters didn't believe this as how could a simple hunter be so rich? They assumed that Psyche's husband must be a king, or even a god. Psyche didn't respond to this comment, and she thoroughly enjoyed the rest of her sister's visit. However, as they left, they told Psyche that her husband must be the horrible snake monster that the oracle spoke of, and that is why she wasn't allowed to see him. From that day on, Psyche could think of nothing else but these words. Her sisters must be right. Why doesn't he come to me in the daytime? Why doesn't he allow me to see him? What's his secret? Why hasn't he ever told me about his life? These thoughts puzzled Psyche for many, many days. He must be hiding something horrible, and that is why he does not want to be seen in the daylight. I must find out. Tonight, when he falls into a deep sleep, I will light a candle to see him. If he is a snake, I will kill him. Otherwise, I will turn the candle off and go happily to sleep. 
she had made her decision, forgetting all about her husband's warning. That night, when her husband fell asleep peacefully, she lit the candle. Walking on her toes, she approached the bed and felt a deep relief. The light did not show a monster, but the most beautiful of men. Ashamed by her madness and her little confidence, Psyche fell down on her knees and thanked the gods for this happiness. But while she was leaning on him, a drop of oil fell from the candle onto the back of that handsome young man. He woke up in pain and saw the light. Looking into her eyes and facing Psyche's distrust, he left their bedroom without uttering a single word. Psyche immediately ran after her husband. It was dark and she could not see him, but she could hear his heartbroken voice. Love cannot live without trust. Those were his last words before flying into the dark sky. The God of love, she thought. He was my husband and I did not trust him. She cried and cried for days and then decided that she must do anything to gain her husband back. She would look everywhere for him, and she would prove her love. Without knowing what else to do, and not knowing of Aphrodite's hatred of her, Psyche went to the temple of Aphrodite and prayed to the goddess. She asked Aphrodite to speak to her son and persuade him to love her back. Now, being Aphrodite, she had not overcome her jealousy for Psyche, and she still wanted revenge. She told the young girl that she needed to be completely sure that Psyche was the appropriate wife for her son. Therefore, Psyche should accomplish three tasks to prove her skills. If she failed in even one of these, Eros would be lost forever. Psyche agreed, and Aphrodite led her up a hill. There, the goddess showed her a dune of different seeds. These included wheat, poppies, millets, and many others. I want you to separate these seeds by this afternoon. If you do not, I will never let you see arrows again, said Aphrodite, and she left. How could she do this? How could she separate all the tiny seeds? This was a cruel task that filled her eyes with tears. That moment, a group of ants were passing by, and they saw her in despair. They felt mercy for the poor girl, and decided to help her. The ants worked hard, separating the seeds, something in which they were experts. From the big original dune, they formed several smaller dunes, each with one kind of seed. The smaller dunes were viewed by Aphrodite, and she became angry. You have not finished your work, she said, and she ordered Psyche to sleep on the ground without giving her any food while she leaned in her soft bed. She thought that if she could compel Psyche to work hard for a long time, her beauty would not resist. Meanwhile, Aphrodite would not let her son leave his room, where all this time he was mourning Psyche's betrayal, not knowing of her efforts. The next morning, Aphrodite came up with a new job for Psyche, a dangerous task. Can you see those black waters descending from the hill? That is River Estage, awful and abhorrent. Fill this bottle with its water, the goddess said. Upon reaching the waterfall, Psyche realized that the surrounding rocks were slippery and steep. 
the waters rushed through such abrupt rocks that only a winged creature could approach. And indeed, an eagle helped her. It was flying with its huge rings above the river when it saw Psyche, and like the ants, felt sympathy for her. It seized the bottle with its beak, filled it with some black water, and gave it back to Psyche. Aphrodite accepted her with a cold smile. Someone helped you, she said sharply. Otherwise, you would have not been able to perform this task on your own. I'm going to give you another chance to prove that you were as determined as you claim to be. She gave a box to Psyche and told her to take it to the underworld and ask Persephone, the queen of the dead, to drain a little bit of her beauty into the box. Obedient as usual, Psyche took the path leading to Hades. When she entered the gates and took the boat to the other bank, where the dead people used to leave, she gave much money to Chiron, the boatman, to help her find her way in the dark to the palace of Persephone. And indeed, Chiron helped her, and after a while, she was right in front of Persephone. When asked to drain a drop of her beauty into the box, Persephone was glad to serve Aphrodite, and Psyche took the box, cheerfully returning to the earth. When she gave Aphrodite the box, the goddess got extremely angry. She yelled at the poor girl that she would never let her go, and she would always be her servant. It was at this crucial moment that the other gods, who were watching Aphrodite's torment of poor Psyche, decided to take up action. They sent Hermes, the messenger god, to Eros, and told him of the misfortunes and trials that his mother was putting his wife through. He went out to find Psyche, who was still sitting, weary, in Aphrodite's garden, and he forgave her. From that moment on, Eros and Psyche lived happily together in their lovely palace, which was always full of roses and flowers. Psyche persuaded Eros to forgive his mother for what she had made her suffer, and as a wedding gift, Zeus made Psyche immortal and allowed her to taste ambrosia, the drink of the gods. Even Aphrodite was happy, but not for any, like, I've learned my lesson kind of reason, but because Psyche was living in the sky with her husband, and now men on earth had forgotten all about her, and once again were worshipping the true goddess of love. So this ends the Greek tale of Eros and Psyche. However, there are still many amazing tales to come out of Greek mythology, along with many other myths from many other cultures. You can find me on social media at owen45871 on Twitter and at Mythology Central on Instagram. I hope you enjoyed, and please be sure to check out next week's episode, dropping Monday at 12pm Mountain Time.